We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the Healing Herb Podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. I'm actually freaking out right now. (laughs) Before I say anything else, I have to tell you that since we launched the Healing Her podcast just a month ago, you guys have downloaded it a hundred thousand times. My head right now is not even computing what that means, but I just want to say thank you. This is a huge milestone, especially for a podcast that we are self producing. We are self-funding it and you are just showing up to these conversations, proving to yourself and to all of us that the world is ready to have the tangible tools that we need to heal and to feel better. And I just want to thank you. I wish I could squeeze all of you right now. I'm going to ask you a quick favor because we have about 5% of people who listen to this show leave a review. Reviews are so important for podcasts because it helps us get the guests that you want to see on it. It helps reach other people who are considering listening to the show. And it also helps us as we are talking to networks about picking up the podcast. So could you just after this episode today or actually even right now, just go leave a review really quick. It means everything. And thank you so much for being a part of this community. We have a special bonus treat today to celebrate, not just celebrating the 100,000 downloads, but we are celebrating something even better than that because it's our guest's birthday. And our guest is a special guest. It is the woman who gave birth to me, my mama, Nancy. Yep, that's me. Hi, everyone. (laughs) I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be Ashley's mama. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's really sweet. How do you feel turning 64 today? I feel good about turning 64. I'm super immature, and so (laughs) I always feel younger than I am. So I'm fine. You always do feel younger than you actually are. I do. Yeah, I love that for you. Yeah. Also, we need to talk about your birthday present. Can you tell everyone you're acting like you don't know what your birthday present is right now? You already know what it is because I had to tell you about it. I wanted you to tell everyone about what we're doing for your birthday, but you're acting like you don't know right now. Oh, yes. (laughs) How could you forget? Yes, because we're doing it in October. So, okay. So, huge fan of Pink. And I am going to the Pink concert. This will be the second time... Because she was backup for NSYNC when I took Ashley, when Ashley was in middle school. Yeah, she was their opening act. She was their opening act, and she flew up in the air and sang over us. And we thought she was so cool. We thought she was so good. And she's And she just is. She's outlasted everybody. Yeah, she's amazing. So I'm super excited because she's going on a stadium tour 
and we got four seats in the stadium. And I actually have an extra ticket, so Father Shine might be coming with wow. us too. Okay. So, but it's gonna be a really good time. Also, how cool would it be if one day Pink was on the Healing Her podcast? Oh, I'd have to have you in the car with yeah. us. Yeah, she wouldn't have to know. I could like hide in we'll the hi- trunk. We'll hide you in the trunk. Just listen. <laughs> I feel great about I would that. Be crying. Okay, is that like our ultimate Healing Her podcast goal? Yes. Is Pink? Yeah. I honestly think it is. With mama in the trunk. With you in the trunk. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Pink, if you ever hear this <laughs> one day. Please, Pink, please. <laughs> please. All right, mom. The people want to hear from you because you have a lot of wisdom. You've lived through a lot of different things throughout your life. So I think it's really cool that we're going to be able to record like this that I can have forever and mm-hmm. my siblings can have forever. But... I want to know what are the five lessons that you have learned at this point in your life that you wish you knew earlier, but are happy that you know now. So we're going to start, we'll start with number one and then we might talk about it and then we'll go through number five. Okay. Sounds good. So probably one of the biggest lessons I learned was that I stopped myself from experiencing things because I didn't know how to move forward. So I'm going to give you an example. I went to a very, very elite high school, and, and my family was not elite. and like wealthy. Very wealthy. So I'm talking about the Cole family, K-O-H-L, the department store. Like Coles? The Coles. So a lot Wait, Coles went to your high school? Mm-hmm. Like Coles, the department store? Yes. Oh, I didn't know this. Well, okay. and they also owned the Milwaukee Bucks. I went to high school in Milwaukee. So long story short, I was a good tennis player. And one of the Cole girls was, you know, playing tennis. And we were talking. And she goes, you should come over and to my house and play tennis, which I didn't do. But we drove by her house one time, which was on Lakeshore Drive. And when you talk about a mansion, it's beyond. It's very old money gates whatever and there's a tennis court and I'm like I don't have a tennis court I'm not going to play tennis so I stopped myself from so many things not just because I was comparing myself but I thought I don't have that advantage to move forward and be good at at something and I, I did it with a lot of things I I was asked to be the lead in the school play and I was like I don't, I can't easily memorize. I, so I'm going to turn that down instead of trying it or learning how to memorize. I, I would cut myself short and that I look back on and just go, why did I do that over and over and over? If you put me in a situation where I'm not doing something for myself, I can do it. And so that was just kind of a mindset I had. If it was for me, mm, that's hard. If it's not for me, I'll move mountains. Do you think that's something you still do in your life? Oh, 100%. 100%. So it's a lesson that you've learned and you recognized, mm-hmm. but it's become just a habit. And so you still do it. I do it, but I'm I'm better at not doing it. So... Well, that's good. That that takes some big introspection. And that actually surprises me because we talk about this a lot. You have really high confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm, I do. And so it's not a confidence issue no. at all. No. 
that's it's, yeah it's hard to explain but yes do you feel like true. you're deserving of those things oh yeah i'm deserving but would i have to work way harder than some people yes is that maybe another regret i have number two that maybe i'm a tad bit lazy and i know that's not a word you want to throw out about yourself but sometimes i kind of have to look at myself and go why are not why are you not doing things that i would love to do because it takes effort and that's the only word i can think of okay i just need to stop you right here because lazy is literally not in the list of a million <laughs> words that anyone would ever use to describe you just to set the stage for what my mom does in her free time which she doesn't have a, a lot of she has headed up as a full-time volunteer to start and run a booster club for a Title I school because they had never had a booster club and the football boys needed money so they can go to camp and they can have equipment and they can go to programs that help them be better. And so she took it upon herself to not only start the booster program, but to head it up. And she is the person who runs the football concessions every week full time. Even JV, she was there last night. This is like a Monday through Friday job. So mom, the problem is not that you're lazy, and but you already said it, that you'll do it for other people. Right. And, you know, we don't need to get deep into this because this is the lessons that you've learned mm -hmm. for your 64th birthday. But I think a lot of that came from not being validated as a kid. And so now you self-sacrifice a lot for other people. But then when it comes to yourself, you overlook yourself over and over again. That doesn't have to do with laziness. That has to do with you protecting yourself to feel safe existing in a world that hurt you during very transformative years. Right. Yeah. You could, you could be right about that. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure that you know that lazy is not a part of your right. vocabulary. Right. Okay. Thank okay. you for clarifying that. All right. Lesson number two. No, that we're on number three. No, you just <laughs> gave us a regret. Why are, why are we just giving ourselves negative regrets? These are lessons that you want to impart on the next generation, okay. Mom. <laughs> Go back to number two. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Ashley. So number two, probably, I, and I'm going to be honest, I don't have tons of regrets, so... And I, and I think that's okay to say that goes back to the confidence thing. I try not to have regrets and maybe I'm able to re erase regrets easier than some people. But one of my regrets was sometimes I fought a battle that did not need to be fought. Mm. I almost hit somebody in church once. <laughs> wait, wait, mm, wait, wait, wait. I did. Do I know about this story? I don't know if you do, but I was so mad. Okay, first of all, I just need to preface. I feel like you're being really hard on yourself during these lessons. I was not expecting this. And so I need everyone to know that who you are painting yourself out right. to be is like the opposite of who you are. But wait, okay, if what? you're learning, if you're talking about life lessons, yeah, it, it is kind of being hard on yourself because you're you're talking about things that you would have changed or you would have done differently. Okay, so going back to you almost punching someone in the face. Yeah. 
I almost hit somebody at church because I, I just was so mad. I don't like injustice. I don't like when things are not fair. And I don't like when people's perceptions are wrong. <laughs> and so I had just had it. But I look back on that experience and like, why didn't I just walk away? Why did I tolerate listening to somebody tear me apart enough that I wanted to punch him? Like, why Why do we sit in the ring when we can get out of the ring? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, and I'll give you an example in a minute, I want to be in the ring. Don't get me wrong. I will be in the ring. That's just That's just who I am. But there's times where, no, you didn't have to be that person. And you didn't have to be that person that was always saying, well, wait a minute. Let's do it this way. Or why don't we do this? Or no. Like trying to appease people or settle Tr the situation. Yeah, try yes, trying to appease, trying to settle. But also trying to kind of push sometimes your perspective on people. And maybe it didn't matter. Maybe you just had to listen or walk away. You didn't have to state your opinion. It's kind of like being okay with being misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. I wasn't, uh, you're just throwing me for a loop. Wow. That was a good one. All right. Number three. Let's just keep going. What, about, what else do you got for us, mama? So when I started to have a family and then we had children, brought children into the world, there were parts of me that felt like I'm going to be a different mom. I'm going to be, I'm going to do things different than how I saw the generation before me do things. But things would still creep up that you've just been around in your life. And I think sometimes I lashed out at my children and I can give you an example. And that is something I regret because that, that should never happen. So I'll give you an example. Feeling super overwhelmed. I might have been pregnant. I did not have easy pregnancies. And I'd asked the girls who were younger, Ashley and Brooke, to clear their places off the table. <laughs> this is this is a family legacy story. <laughs> I can't believe you're telling this. So Wow. Okay. So they didn't. They didn't. And so I said, oh, I'll clear the places for you. And with one motion of my hand, <laughs> I cleared the places off the table. They were glass plates, mm -hmm. too. And they went flying. And then you got us in the car and took us to church. <laughs> yeah. That's always the key. Scream at your kids. Get down here so we can have a prayer right now. Yeah. Those are regrets. Those are regrets because in those moments, you do not have to teach like that. That's sort of what would happen to me with my mom. And so every once in a while, things like that would come out. Although I was very careful and cautious, I regret any time it did. And my kids would probably have more stories about me all of a sudden just going off the rails. And that, that I regret even one time. Not acceptable. 
I think that you've done a really good job breaking the cycle. And I think that that's what generational healing is. It's every generation doing the best they can with what they learned and then healing that as much as possible for then the children that they raise or the generation after. And you did the very best you could with the tools you had and you have been a great mom. Like, I don't know how you were such a good mom, you know, based off of your past. And I think that that's something that I feel like you do regret still because you make comments sometimes, like even just uh, the podcast that Brooke and I did together, you listen to it and you're like, wow, you you didn't say anything bad about me. And I was like, <laughs> why would we say anything bad about you? <laughs> we love you. But I think that you're very hard on yourself and you look at everything you do through this very critical lens. And I just want you to know that you've been a great mom. Oh, thank you, Ashley. You've been a great daughter. <laughs> okay, number four. My kids are really great, by the way. I will say that. So Too sappy. Number four. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so number four kind of goes... I don't want to hear about any more your regrets. I want to hear lessons you've learned that you just wish you knew earlier that don't have to do with you tearing yourself down. <laughs> this is... <laughs> do we need to get you therapy for no, your 64th birthday? I know. These, these are just regrets. I, I mean, things that I wish I'd known earlier because then I wouldn't have crossed those bridges if I had known. I would have handled things differently. So I'm not down on myself for that. But, you know, that's something that I would have wish I would have just known earlier. And Yeah. I also feel like my generation is one of the first generations that actually has more parenting tools available. Mm -hmm. Things are being talked about more. The topic of mental health is becoming a little more destigmatized. People are trying to talk about going to therapy more. Yeah. That did not exist yeah. up until now. Yeah, that's true. Another lesson that I wish I would have learned earlier is... For some reason in my head, I don't know why, because it's not like me at all. Ashley will be surprised. I kind of felt for a long time that everybody had an even playing field. Mm. Why? I don't know, because I was born in 1959. So I grew up a little bit in the 60s and 70s, and I saw that things weren't an even playing field. But for some reason, in your mind, you're like, dig yourself out. You can do this, which is great, I think, to a point. But I think the empathy was lacking also. And that's something I think goes on with time. It goes on with, with aging and getting to know people and hearing their stories that, that you start to feel a different way about society and what other people encompass in their lives. And I, that that was a really important lesson. Now, going back to that, I feel like I'm a tad bit of an empath. I understand feelings, so don't get me wrong on that. I feel like I feel so deeply sometimes that it, that's hard. But I wish, I wish I would have seen the world a little bit differently. My eyes have been opened a lot in the last... 10, 15 years, a lot. So that's something I just wish I would have known earlier. I love that because 
I think I also hear you saying other people's perspectives yeah. and their stories. Right. Can yeah. I give you an example of something that when I was thinking about? Yeah. So when we were in the Vietnam War, I was in grade school and I got a POW bracelet that you would wear and it would have a POW's name on it. And I remember his name was Frederick. And I wore this metal bracelet all the time. And I think about him. He was a prisoner of war. But at the time, the people that were against the Vietnam War were put out there in a different light. Mm. You, it wasn't necessarily that you thought, oh, man, they're not pro-American or they're not this. And that was very confusing to me because I've always been sort of in the middle of the road. I've always seen both sides, but what you're taught and what's thrown out in the news or what your parents say can really affect what you believe. So that's one of that's one of those things I just wish I would have known earlier. It's okay to be against the war. It's okay to be pro the veterans that fought and had to be in that war. It's okay to to feel all of that. And that, you know, that's from a young junior high kid really grappling with those types of feelings. The fact that those were the thoughts that you were having in junior high where you are so impressionable and it is confusing because you're starting developmentally to start separating yourself from your parents a little bit and what they're telling you. And so now you're starting to hear information, but see people as they are instead of maybe through a political lens or a racial lens or a economic lens. And if more of us, if more people could do that, just love each other and support each other and honor each other's stories, regardless mm -hmm. of differences and beliefs, that would take us farther than anything. Mm -hmm. That is a really good lesson. Thank you for sharing that one with us. Okay, last one, number five. Something that I wish that I would have learned earlier or to go back and change is that it's okay if you go through life having a desire to, to do something, but I wish I would have done it. And it, this kind of segues into the, the first tennis thing I'm talking about, again, because I, I'll go back to those feelings of my whole life, I wish I spoke Spanish. I took Spanish. There was a part of me that just wouldn't jump into something that I thought I would love. Instead, I'd be like, oh, I should have done that 10 years ago. And then it became 20 years. Now, then I would go, I would have been speaking Spanish for 20 years. And now I haven't been speaking at all. And it's 30 years. Well, I'm 64 years old. So if I started speaking Spanish when I first talked about it, when I was 20, I would be fluent in Spanish. And so that that is always something about myself that I was just like, why didn't I take that step in the little things even? But now you can because you're only 64 years right, old. I can. So let's start Spanish. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. We're starting Spanish. Okay. We're holding you accountable because now you just told tens of thousands of people 
<laughs> that you want to learn Spanish. Can we hold Mike accountable? Because I ask him to speak Spanish to me. I don't think that Mike can be your Spanish teacher. I think that this is something you need. Mike has his own plate full. This is something that you cannot blame on anyone else and that you need to take your ownership over. Okay. Okay. Mom, those are really good. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that with us. Is there something that you thought I should have thrown out there? No, these are your lessons. Okay. But now we have a really fun part because we are going to be doing rapid fire questions and you're just going to answer these ones really quick. These are questions that you guys who follow me on Instagram, which by the way, if you don't follow me on Instagram yet, make sure you go do that at Ashley K. Lemieux. We'll leave it in the show notes. But I often ask what questions you want the guests to answer. And everyone who follows me on Instagram loves mama because they see you in my stories and, and things. So to kick it off. Oh, no. Wait, can I first say one thing? Yeah. You know that game you play that's like, you have to name three states that start with an A. We're not doing that. No, I know. Oh, yeah. I go blank. Okay. So you start. Fi- so you, you might rap- go blank. I might. I might just sit here. Okay. So I'm if it's silent you know. for the next 10 minutes is because <laughs> right. mom got too nervous and she couldn't come up with any answers to questions that I'm don't not, have a right answer. I'm not nervous. Okay. Let's My just mind start just easy. Goes blank. Let's start easy. <laughs> okay. Do you still use Ziploc bags for traveling with your toothpaste? I would. Yes. I would use Ziploc bags to travel with my toothpaste. Stop it. Not against that. If you are like, what are they talking about? I shared. We went to Austin. We went to Austin, Texas a couple months ago, and I shared a story with my followers on Instagram that my mom smeared her toothpaste into a Ziploc bag, not in a tube, just squirted it out along with her shampoo and lotion. And it was the grossest, weirdest thing mm-hmm. we'd ever seen. And I shared it on the internet and we were all honestly peeing our pants laughing about it. So she still does that. All right, <laughs> here we go. Um, What was I like growing up? So Ashley was very interesting because she was very, very quiet, but not at home. So when teachers or, I, or I'd be out, out with her in public and she would just almost cower and be so timid, I'd be like, what the heck? And then at home, she would just talk, talk, and talk, and talk. So she was a force to be reckoned with when she was little, but not outside the home. Not only that, and I do have audio of this, and sometime maybe she'll put it on her podcast, she was a whiner, <laughs> which was so unacceptable unbelievably just whined all the time mom and that's surprising because she's not a whiner but she was well you have great (laughs) things to say about me awesome all right oh this is a good question what stressed you out the most when you were in the thick of raising little ones and how did you handle it well you handled it by clearing the table we just established (laughs) So one of the things that would stress me out the most is when my child got sick. And I know why that stressed me out. I'm not going to totally get into it right now. But something I read or something came across to me that when you have a sick child, that is what you do. And once I understood that, forget the dishes, forget the laundry. You're not going to go to work. Whatever it is, this child needs you. I was able to alleviate that stress, but it took me a little while to figure that out. What's been the hardest part about grieving alongside Ashley's losses? (sighs) Ashley's losses are our entire family's losses. 
and not to minimize and just say Ashley's losses. Our family has lost a lot in in the last several years. Every single one of them. And so we grieve as a family. And there's nothing worse to see your children's heartbreaking. It breaks your heart. And the the loss that they suffer is also your loss. Not just because they're grieving, but because you you feel the loss. So I think there are times when I look back on that the grieving and the things that were happening because it was a rapid fire of events in our family's life. Not just Ashley's, but the you know, every child going through something and us dealing with that as a family that it was traumatizing and it took me to my knees. And that's the only thing that got me through that is staying on my knees until somebody picked me up. It, it was that hard. And it's that hard sometimes to even think about. So you don't want to see your loved ones go through pain ever. Yeah, it's, it was hard for everyone in our family and all of us have had our own things individually and it's been a lot the past few years yeah okay here's a lighter one how did your parenting style differ from kid to kid do you think it did my kids will say it it did dramatically 100 percent. i say no you don't no. okay okay listen no. just no. listen okay do you do not think that as the oldest i was raised differently and treated differently than my youngest brother do you think that that was handled all the same <laughs> can you can you honestly say yes if you say yes like this is the moment of truth i'll be like okay she genuinely believes that all right i love that for her do you think that i okay we're not saying do you love them all no the same? no 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 we know I that know. we already know that right no it's, did you parent us? So, okay, so let's put it this way. I was never called into a classroom because Ashley or Brooke did something they shouldn't have done. Or at teacher's conference. They were just like these model students. Had I had been, they would have been in big trouble. And there would have been consequences. So the difference with my son is when I would go to teacher conference, oh man, I learned a lot about him. And it wasn't necessarily good, but literally I laughed. So that was probably the difference. With your third child, that was funny. Wouldn't have been so much. Okay, with that the first that child. is honestly the perfect example of how mm -hmm. we were parented differently. And I used to be grounded a lot for just not making my bed. Have you ever, ever required Chandler to make his bed and had him follow through on it? I don't think you were I don't think you were grounded for not making your bed. I think you were grounded by, because of the attitude of me saying you need to make your bed and you wouldn't make it. Uh, oh, so I well. see a difference in that. I see a difference. In I feel that. like this could be a whole new this podcast. This is a different podcast. This is a different. We're going to save yeah. this one for later. This is different. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do two more questions. Okay. This one's great. What do you do for work? Besides not being paid to run a full-time booster and concession stand. Okay. 
I own an estate liquidation company. And tell us what it's called it's here in called Arizona. House of Hamblin. We've been in business. My mom started the company in 1974 before there was even the internet. And I used to go around with flyers to invite people to the estate sale in their neighborhood. And then we had a lady that was almost 100 years old that would call people and invite them <laughs> because there was no internet. Wait, I so, didn't yeah. that. So that was great. But it is as interesting a job as you would think that it is. And what's interesting is all my kids have worked for me. We were forced to work for you. That, okay, I'm not talking like child labor exploitation. I'm talking like you're working for House of Hamlin. You're going to be paid for it, but... This is in high school. Get in the car at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning because we're going to House of Hamblin, baby, and you're coming with us. So here's a funny story. So right now I have this beautiful sale online, paintings and china and just wonderful things. And we're a company can take just good sales. We don't do sales that we don't love. So fast forward to North Carolina and Ashley's bringing home things from thrift stores that I have in my sales every single week. And she's <laughs> acting like they're just like the gem, like this. Hit. I was like, okay, wait, what do you, do you not know what I do for a living? Do you not know that I had 10 of those in the last? I just feel like it's different now. It's also different when you go to some of these vintage stores that I was going to and everything is nice and cute, has a vibe. That's a different experience than working in an estate sale where it's just so much junk that you have to sift through and go through. But can we also tell them how you were almost picked up for a reality TV show, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, Bravo. For your estate, on Bravo for it the estate Bravo, sale company. Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? Were you under contract not to say no, anything? No, not under contract. No. You can say that. Okay. Mm -mm. But I will say that they... They wanted to find discord in our company. Yeah, they and I tried was, to create drama. I was not willing to do that. We did not have discord. We still don't have discord. And those were my friends and family members that I was working with. So hats off to House of Hamblin. Can you tell them about Roger, who works in the Roger. garage? Funny story. Okay, I have to tell you this funny story about Roger. this is Roger. so good. This would have been on the Bravo show because it was when they were supposed to come out and kind of do a pilot. Roger likes to buy all the food. Wait, you needed to tell them how old he is. Um, he's in his 80s. And he's from Minnesota. And Roger likes to buy all the food. And he'll pay for it even if it's expired. Because he doesn't believe that things expire. And I'll tell him, no, Roger, you don't have to pay for the expired food. You can have it. So anyway, in the segment that we were supposed to be shooting, he goes into this chest freezer and goes, can I buy these pies? And they're like homemade pies. I'm like, absolutely. Take them oh, out of there. So and, you know, so he goes home and get a call from the family. Please tell us you didn't get rid of grandma's last pies she made. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Nope, we did not. So I had to call Roger. I drove over to his house and I picked up the pies. And we put them back in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> you were he was about to eat some poor family's last frozen pie memories they had of their grandma. I know. That's that honestly the best story. I forgot about that yeah. one. Okay, this is the last question. Mom, this has been so fun. Thanks for doing this with me. What are your recommendations for being the best grandma and helping out while respecting boundaries? 
So the boundaries can be set by your children and you just accept those boundaries. Do we really have boundaries that we've given you? Yes. And I'll tell you what those are in a minute. But I think what can overshadow those boundaries where all of a sudden they start kind of disappearing is I am fun Nana. I love my grandchildren. I love playing with them. I love interacting with them. This is not a job. Like, take me to the splash pad in the backyard with Annie Ray and my three grandkids that are in North Carolina. Go fishing with them and hike and and Izzy, who is my foster grandson, going to be at his games and support him in football and soccer. So to be a, a good grandmother, in which which is what your question is, is to engage with your grandkids all the time. And Annie Ray thinks I'm so spectacular because I make something up out of the littlest things. I can do that. I'm not in their house to to pick it up and I don't have I mean can give a hundred percent time to my grandkids when I'm with them. What was the second part of that? It's the boundaries. How do you respect the boundaries. boundaries? And what boundaries have we set for you? I mean, I don't wanna I don't want to really call anybody out on this, but but there's been a couple boundaries. A lot of times they have to do with food or you know, things like that where where I can pull my child aside and say your boundaries are confusing to me because sometimes it's okay if I do this and sometimes it's not okay and that conversation can be had with two adults and then they can look at it and go oh and then I can look at it and go okay I see your point because we don't always know that the kids are on a sugar high coming to your house from a birthday party and so then you offer them more sugar but they can't have that sugar, but it was okay if they had it last week. So I think it's just a conversation that has to be had. And there's probably times where I say things to my grandkids that my kids go, oh my gosh, you can't say that. And I'll be like, wait, why can't I say that? But we are different generations and we look at things differently. So then we just have a conversation about it and move on. Hey, you didn't blink on any of your rapid fire questions. I didn't. I I'm didn't really proud blink. of you. Good and job. the only disappointment I have about this <laughs> podcast is I thought we were going to do like carpool karaoke and sing. Do you want to sing? No. Oh, wait. We do need to sing. We need to sing. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Well, on that note. <laughs> wow. Um, this was really fun. Thank, Thank you. you for having Thanks me. Thanks for being on, for being a guest. And a special celebration, 100,000 download bonus episode guest, plus a birthday guest. Right. This is just the best. And then maybe pink. And we're, oh, yeah. We're manifesting pink. Yep. Hey, we should make a sign when we go to our concert, because we're going to be closer oh, in yeah. front here. Front row. Pink. Podcast, please. Yes. Okay, maybe, okay. maybe that's uh, how we're going to do it. Yep. Okay. That would be amazing. Anyways. Thanks for having me. Have thanks a good for birthday, listening. Mom. Thank you guys so much for joining both of us this week on another episode of the Healing Her podcast. And until I see you again next week, take good care of yourself. I'm
I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her podcast, where healing isn't just a destination, it's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold, or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.